And we are live. This is a Wrap It Up On Blast Raps postgame show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and this episode of Wrap It Up is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop, 2013 Danforth Avenue in the east end of Toronto. Clean Cuts, the multicultural barbers that will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. So go see Skip and the crew, and as a wise man once said, tell them that I sent you. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call 416-917-4833 to book your appointments now. Raptors fans, it's all right. We knew the winning streak. They weren't going to win every game for the rest of the year. Yeah. It wasn't possible. But you go into the break, the Raptors finally lose. Their winning streak ends at 15, and their road winning streak ends at 10. And to be honest, I was probably way more impressed with the road winning streak being at 10 than I was with the overall winning streak being at 15. But it's all good. Raptors fall to the Nets. 101 to 91 and it's almost the reverse of what happened against the Pacers in the sense that when you're playing a team in the regular season so close after the other game it gives them a chance to really kind of regroup against you but also dig into stuff that didn't work that they could change and alter and figure it out. But overall, too, also just get hyped up because the Nets came out a lot more hyped up, I thought, than the Raptors did in this game. So, hey, credit where credit's due. The Nets win and end the Raptors' winning streak 101-91. to Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you guys for tuning in to this, the only live and interactive Toronto Raptors post-game show there is. On Twitter, at Shell Alexander, taking your comments and questions there. Same thing goes for Instagram. Comments and questions, at Sheldon Alexander. And you know what? Yes, the Raptors lost this game. Of course, we're going to talk about this game. But also, because it's the last game of the first half, we're also going to take the opportunity to take your comments and questions on what you make of the Raptors' first half of the season. So send us those comments and questions as well. And of course, we will read those later on in the pod. As always, if you are unable to catch the full pod, we got you covered as well on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube. As always, you know, like and subscribe, rate us, rank us, subscribe, all those fun things, depending on whatever platform you choose to rock with this with. Support the movement that is the Wrap It Up podcast, the only live and interactive Toronto Raptors post-game show there is, because we continue to rep the defending NBA champion, Toronto Raptors. Join by my guy Q. Q, how you doing, man? Despite the loss, how are you feeling? How's your Wednesday evening going? How are you feeling heading into this pod? I'm good, man. I had a day off work. <laughs> Hung out with the kids. Yeah. Teacher, teacher strikes and stuff like that. Oh, um, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. That's Raptor, a thing. I mean, the Raptor, <laughs> Raptors, it's All-Star, it's All-Star Weekend, officially All-Star Weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm good, man. Yeah. I'm good, man. I mean... Obviously, you'd want to go in on a on a high note with the win, but I'm going to be honest and I'm going to say like it doesn't really matter that they lost. Does, no. is, like is it that big of a deal that you won 15 of 16 heading into the break as opposed to 16 in a row? It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. But and maybe that's just my nature <laughs> of to always try to find the positives and also just the fact that I mean, overall, if you look at it, Raptors are 40 and 15 Heading into the break. That's their best record ever in franchise history. Ever. 
ever at this point. They're second in the Eastern Conference, third in the entire NBA. And when you look at all the injuries they had to go through, when you look at what you thought this team might have been without Kawhi Leonard, it's tough to be upset going into the All-Star break, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, There's nothing to complain about. Yeah. You know, bad shooting night. It happens. It happens. 15 first wins. Time, for the first time this year almost? So it's Yeah, and I mean, this, this game, for them to lose by 10, I'd have to go through all the box scores, but I bet you I could count on one hand the amount of times the Raptors have lost by double digits this season. Yeah. Right? Like, I feel like it's close games for the most part that they've been in for the entire year. And at the end of the day, again, I think the way that the Brooklyn Nets just came out in this game right from the beginning, they came out with a sense of aggression. They came out with a better sense of urgency that the Raptors, not named Serge Ibaka, right, didn't have. And the one thing, if I'm going to look from last game to this game and kind of make comparisons, I thought the Raps would do a better job on Karis LeVert. And they did for the most part. He had 37 in the last game, 20 in this game, but... 20 shots, 20 field goal attempts to get to 20 points, I'd say the Raps did a better job on Karis LeVert in this game. The problem is the other guys. And I think especially early, this was one of those games where you saw the Raptors' desperate need for Marc Gasol to come back. Because what Jared Allen and um, DeAndre. DeAndre Jordan were able to do in the paint kind of exposed the Raptors, again, especially not named Serge Ibaka. Right? What, what did you think of that? Yeah, I think, I mean, I understand it's a perimeter game, so you have to defend on the perimeter. But I think the Raptors need to do a better job, especially the bigger guys, the forwards, of getting back and helping to rebound once that shot goes up. Mm-hmm. Serge can't do it all himself. No, no. Right? And you're battling, right? Serge, remember, Serge, if we're taking it back to old school basketball, Serge is a 6'10 power forward <laughs> going up against DeAndre Jordan, who's seven foot, yeah. is a center. Or uh, Jared Allen, who is, I think he's 6'11", 7 foot, and he's a center, right? So Serge is undersized in, in, in that position. So the Raptors need to do a better job of crashing the boards and helping on, especially the defensive end, yeah. to get rebounds. Totally agree. And I think it was a thing where Serge Ibaka, especially if he has to carry the scoring load, which he did for the majority of the game, yeah. and I think that Serge getting buckets was kind of the only reason this game was close was yeah. within 10 points because it seemed like as soon as the Nets were about to pull away, Serge would either knock down a three or make a big play inside. But Serge Ibaka finished with 28 points in this game, 28, nine rebounds, two blocks for Serge, but 10 of 17 shooting. Serge took 10 threes in this game, but he made five of them. Yeah. So, I mean, tough to, to bring up anything negative about Serge Ibaka in this game because he had a great game, I thought. And... If not for him, this game would have been very ugly. Because early on, Nick Nurse tried to go to Chris Boucher. And Boucher missed a lot of threes. Wide, wide open threes. And after that, pulled the plug on Boucher. We didn't even see him in the second half. Chris Boucher, now, there were people kind of, you know, going at Chris Boucher online, on the Twitter sphere and all that. And I'm going to tell you what I said, Q, just because... These are kind of my thoughts on on Chris Boucher, and I think you're going to be on the same page here. But I said, I will never slander Chris Boucher because he's Chris Boucher. 
and I'm just happy for him to be here. Meaning, getting legit minutes on yeah. the Toronto Raptors. Exactly. I can't knock Chris Boucher. No, whatever I, he does is gravy. No, I, exactly. And I think you. Got, I think sometimes we have to understand. I know we'd all love to have that two hundred foot player that just you know is going to be hit all their shots on the offensive end. It's going to grab every rebound and then play stellar defense. But mm-hmm. not there's not there's not too many guys out there like that, right? Yeah. Chris Boucher's role on this team is hustle, contest shots, yeah. rebound. Yeah. Any basket you get from Chris Boucher is a bonus. Yeah. Right? Totally agree. So, yeah, he missed some shots. So what? Fred Van Fleet missed shots. Kyle missed shots. What was Siakam's box score? Yeah. You know what I mean? So to say, oh, he should never shoot or, uh, you know, he, he needs to work on his I – mean, everybody needs to work on their game. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? You can't be mad because Chris Boucher missed shots. That wasn't the difference in, in the, the game. game. Yeah. I was kind of – I was kind of – interested in the fact that he had such a short leash on Chris Boucher. I thought that was kind of weird that he never really got another chance, but it just kind of showed Nick Nurse's continued, you know, I guess movement with the Young Bucks, where like when need be to kind of send a message and show that he's not happy with their play, he will have the quick leash, the quick hook on them and, you know, sit them down and really make them think about the things that they do to make them successful. And Boucher had two rebounds in his nine minutes, but still in this game where you know it's against DeAndre Jordan and and Jared Allen, you got to know that a lot of your focus has to be on the paint and getting on the glass and boxing out and those little things, like paying a little extra attention to those big man type things other than, you know, just shooting the three because you can Right, I think that might be the kind of the message. But again, overall, it's a reminder that Chris Boucher is an undrafted rookie that started playing basketball like five years ago. Yeah, right. So it's like, oh yeah, reminder: slow down, relax. It's all good. It's okay. He's still on a learning curve. And Marcus Gasol comes back after the All Star break. That's. I mean, (laughs) I mean, that's basically it, right? Like, yeah, we the Raptors know kind of know who they are and and what they are, Mm -hmm. right? When it gets down to to late March, early April, a lot of these guys ain't seeing the court. Yeah, right. Unless they're playing Atlanta or Orlando or one of those teams, right? Like it, it, it's time to get ready for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I think when you see Stanley Johnson, Boucher, Matt Thomas, when you see those guys in the game, or the way the way Nick Nurse coaches them, and the kind of I guess the short leash, and it, it's more teaching. It's more. Yeah. It's more the long haul. Yeah. Right. Because the Raptor season isn't. If you're putting the Raptor seasons on the back of Chris Boucher and Matt Thomas and even Terrence Davis to, yeah. to some point, for sure. You know, it's going to be a short. We're, we're, in May, we might be watching other teams play. But it's also the message that a lot of coaches try to employ, where like they know they go with what they can trust. Right. So everyone's always mad about why does Patrick McCaw play so much, right. and it's because Nick Nurse knows what he's gonna get from Patrick McCaw night in and night out, right. and that's gonna be hard defense. He's gonna run around, chase around perimeter guys, and maybe hit an open shot. But that's what they're banking on, and you know that's what you're gonna get every single night. And with some of the young guys, when like the messages need to be sent. That's where you get Boucher getting the quick hook or Terrence Davis, as we saw earlier on in the season, right? And then he bounced back. Same thing with Matt Thomas, right? Like those guys are still developing their NBA games and what their actual role is with the team. So Matt Thomas, even Jack was was begging for Matt Thomas to get more minutes. Yeah. But literally, if Matt Thomas isn't shooting the ball, 
he's not serving a purpose on the team. Yeah. Right? Like, he's not serving a purpose on the floor. So, like who are you putting Matt Thomas in for? And then that guy you're taking out who was guarding who? Karis LeVert or even, yeah. even Joe Jim Harris or, or Dinwiddie? Yeah. Matt Thomas is getting torched. But that's why Patrick McCaw plays so much. And, I, exactly. and we were talking about this during the game, right? That's why I'm bringing it up now. We were talking about the Matt, the, the, fan base's uh, obsession with Patrick McCaw's minutes. Yeah. And it's like, it's not that big of a deal, right? To me, it's pretty simple. Like, he plays because Nurse can trust him to play hard defense every night. That's it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's lots going on in the chat right now. People are wondering about, do they need to add size in the middle? And, you know, there's... I'm, I'm reading this because there's a rumor floated, as Michael Grange said, don't get your hopes up, but... There was a potential or the thought of maybe a Tristan Thompson in the buyout market. And I think a lot of those things are more so based on how comfortable they feel with the health of Marcus Gasol. Right. Do you think they need to add a big in the buyout market? People are throwing out Bismack, which I don't even know if Bismack's available or if that's been a rumored buyout. But the chat seems to be buzzing about adding a big. What do you think? I've been saying that I've been saying that even before the the trade deadline, mm-hmm. and 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 this it's not so much the health of Serge or even Marcus All, it's the fact that Boucher is still on that regiment yeah. where we might not see him again for two weeks, right? Mm-hmm. So seeing that and knowing you're going up against Milwaukee, Philly, Boston, yeah, right, Indiana that have bigs and that rebound. And especially the way Surge is playing, if this continues, especially going into the playoffs, mm-hmm. your best lineup is having Surge and Mark together. Together, yeah. right? Fair. Which means there's nobody coming off the bench with any type of size to to give those guys a spell. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So that's why I I, I was a it's like saying that day. you know it, be her, your exactly right. So bench. that's why I was saying you know if Masai is to make a move, it is to add some depth up front mm-hmm. because like Surge at the four, Pascal at the three. Offensively, that's your best lineup. Yeah. The other thing, too, is the Nets are a difficult team to gauge this against. Like, Jared Allen being replaced then by DeAndre Jordan, like, that's a tough matchup for a lot of... The way how the NBA's played now, right, and the way that the Nets play in terms of everything's either a layup or a three by design, that's how they play, and they work that to perfection, especially early on in the game. But the point remains, the way that they play with their big guys... That is a difficult team to match up against when you're not at full strength. So, you know, to jump to conclusions about how the desperate need for another big in this matchup, right? Eh, it's a tough one. It's a tough one for sure. But if we look at kind of the talking points in this game, mentioned Surge having a massively big game. We mentioned the bench struggling. At last check, the bench in this game was minus 18. Yeah. Uh, compared to, you know, just getting outscored by 18 points to the Nets bench, which, you know, good minutes played by the Nets bench. We mentioned DeAndre Jordan again yeah. coming up big. But, but I, like, also... I think the Nets bench, like, if you're looking, like, the Nets are a team built for a team that has Kyrie and KD, right? Totally. So they're not bringing undrafted guys off the bench. They're not bringing rookies. Like, their bench guys are legit veterans, Mm-hmm. In this, like DeAndre Jordan, Wilson Chandler. Wilson Chandler, Garrett Temple, like these guys, been in the league. They're not stars, but these guys have stuck around in the league so long because they do all the right things. Yep. The fundamentals are down. They're going to make open shots, right? So, con- comparing 
that with our up and comers, Matt right? Thomas and Terry, right? Thomas. Our projects is is completely. I'm. Ex- I would expect that nine times out of ten. And also for the Raps undrafted rookie bench, right? Because <laughs> right? you're talking Matt Thomas, Terrence Davis, Chris Boucher. Yeah. Obviously, I know Rondé included in there too. Yeah. But those three dudes, if you really think about this whole season, how many times has that bench no-showed? Again, you could probably count it on one hand, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's just, it's, these games happen. You're just not going to hit shots. And you're going to lose one out of 16 games yeah. when that happens. And the reason I'm saying this is because I'm going through kind of the list, the rough list that I make in terms of talking points. There's something else that comes up, and Kyle Lowry was in foul trouble in this game. Right. I thought maybe there was one call that you might have beef with for Kyle Lowry's foul trouble, his five fouls that he had. Mm-hmm. Maybe one call I'd have a problem with. But there's a lot of people in the chat right now talking about the refs. Uh, Gordon says one-sided referee calls until late in the fourth. Uh, and says... Sheldon, I know they can't win every game, but the refs must have done their orientation with Tony Brothers. They had it in for us and the fin- and finally blow the whistle when it would not make a difference. Here's what I'm going to ask you, Q. Okay. Do we really believe that? Or are people watching this game and being heavily influenced by what they're hearing on the broadcast? Did you have an issue with the refing in this game to the point where you thought the whistle was heavily tilted against the Raptors? No, I think the one play I could maybe name is 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 the, the I think it was the fourth or fifth foul on Kyle. Mm-hmm. The, the it was called a blocking. The block, yeah. The yeah. block. Um, but you know, how many foul calls are you really gonna get shooting threes? It's true, right? Like I, I didn't really see too much. Like maybe Serge could have got a, an extra calls, but it, it wasn't nothing like. Definite fouls. It's yeah. you know if it's two guys battling for the ball, they came up with it. Yeah, that's just what it is, right? I and didn't I didn't see anything that I would say like these two or three calls really cost us yeah. games or really cost us the run. Same, and I, I mean if you know the pod, you know I'm never really blaming the refs, so I'm definitely not gonna blame the refs in this game. But I think I think I think if if we're going to be blaming the refs we could like even during the 15 game streak the raptors are not going to get the majority of the calls it just it's just not the way it's ever been but also it's a way it's a style of play but that too that too that right? too like they're that a very too, but finesse the, but, team. They, but they've never ever like there's they, there's there's hold there's, on demar never, got to the line demar Kawhi got to the line got to the line but that's style of play <laughs> right like exactly. Karis Levert is driving to the cup Time after time after time. And the reason why I'm not blaming the refs, because there were times where he was upset with the refs because he wasn't getting calls either. Yeah, and definitely. the reason why I brought up what people are hearing on the broadcast is because those points aren't emphasized as much as the missed calls against the Raptors, right? right? So when Karis Levert drives to the basket and the camera's still on him and he's staring down the ref being like, really? Like you could hear him saying, come on, like seriously? Yep. Like, there were just bad calls going both ways. So I have a hard time blaming the refs at any point, but I'm definitely not going to blame the refs in this game, especially when the Raptors just didn't shoot the ball well. To me, like, like it's that plain and to simple. To me, that's no? what it was, right? Fred didn't have – Fred hit – like, Fred hit some, some, I guess, clutch shots, mm-hmm. right? But he, like, 
first half? Like, what did he even end Freddie, with? Freddie came on strong at the end, so his line doesn't look as bad. He finished with 22 points. He was 4 of 10 from 3, 8 of 19 overall. But I would say he came on at the end when yeah. they kept getting it to 10 but couldn't get it under. Exactly. You know That's what I mean? That's the thing. Like, he, like, Fred hit those shots that brought it from 13 to 10. Yeah. But then he missed the one that would have got it from 10 to, th- to from 10 to 7. Yeah. Right? Yeah, So yeah. They, they, they never really could put together – I mean, really – one solid 5-0, run, and it's a completely different game, I think. Totally. But they really just couldn't they couldn't string together good possessions back to back. Raptors shot in this game 30% from three, 37% overall from the floor. And again, so Freddie's number's not that bad. Serge Ibaka, 10 of 17, he was really good. But you look at everyone else. Kyle Lowry was four of thirteen. I guess he'll take that. Um Pascal Siakam, 6 of 17. I think Pascal really struggled in this game. He was 1 of 6 from 3. And the one 3 that he did hit was a crazy buzzer beater at the end of the third quarter. So he really struggled. And as mentioned, the bench. Boucher was 1 of 3. McCaw was 1 of 6. Terrence Davis was 0 of 6. We haven't really seen that from Terrence Davis that often this season, but he was all five from three in this game. So when your shooting numbers are that bad and it's threes that you're missing a lot of, to then complain about foul calls yeah. is a stretch for me, anyways. Yeah. But hey, I think, every, saying, I think everything that that you know, just reading through is that you're hearing the complaints. Like we just read, read. So so Patrick McCall is one of six. You know, but Terrence Davis was all of six. But nobody in here is saying Terrence Davis should not shoot. Yeah. Nobody's you know saying I mean? trade Terrence Davis. Like <laughs> I'm seeing trade Patrick McCaw. Yeah, like in here. So, all, so it, it's just like, <laughs> you know what? I think we got to remember. First off, Toronto were NBA champs. We we're still the champs until June. Mm-hmm. Okay. On top of that, we just won 15 straight. Sure, 16 was is better than 15, but. To get the fifteen is is it was a feat, right? It's, it's a only, great accomplishment. It's, it's only happened. It's yeah. the only time it's ever happened, right? So it's just like we can't we can't be now ready to trade everybody away and and change your whole style because the, what it got what got us to fifteen is the same way they played today. They just didn't hit their shots. Yeah, as Lisa says on Twitter, Lisa says we beat the Nets twice before. There's no need to overreact to this game. Raps won fifteen games. Proud of the guys, right? That's it. Totally true. Uh, Gordon says the Bucks lost too. <laughs> yeah. So and the Bucks we'll got, take that. The Bucks got beat, like really beat by Indiana. <laughs> uh, Diaz on Instagram says, got to give the boys their props. 15 straight wins. They did their thing. Off night, on to the next. Glow Girl Smile, defense in the second half was amped up. Couldn't get a run going. Totally agree. That happens, right? Um, uh, we the Mutt. As Fred always says, flush it. On to the next. <laughs> That's it. All right. All right. I think at this point, with the Bucks losing, the Celtics lost last night. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it didn't hurt you at, at all. Like this is, oh yeah. Like, right, right. If if it was a month ago when when second and six was like a game apart, then then we couldn't afford a, a game like this. But now you actually this streak actually allowed us. To have one of these games every so often. Yeah. Which you're going to have. And it doesn't hurt you. Totally agree. Uh, DVAD on Instagram says, Before this streak, they were in fourth. Now heading to the break in second. I'll take that anyway. Like, I'm glad to see the fan base, you know, in a, for the most part. Yeah. For the most part. Looking at the positive. Yeah. 
Yeah, Alex says, it stings a little, but we won't care about this loss once we make a deep run once again. New streak coming up after the break. (laughs) That's the hope, right? Like, Like, I'm just thinking, like, how Mark came back after the last injury. And you know, and you know, Norm Powell sitting there just itching to put some shots up. So, like, we have a lot to look forward to. Yeah, I'm not gonna let a, a little, little lot bad game loss to the Nets right before the All Star break after we've won 15. I'm not gonna let that that sway me at all. So Len brings up the, this point here, which we kind of talked about in the room as it was happening. But he said Jack pointed out as well. Thomas had 15 points in a game versus the Nets and yet only got four minutes in this game. I would have loved to see him play instead of Macaw. So we kind of touched on this already, right? Right. There's two sides of the floor. Exactly. And in this NBA, what ends up happening a lot is you end up trading points. And you can't do that when you're trying to come back. You actually need to get stops. And that's why Patrick Macaw's in the game. And you'll see him in the game with Kyle or with Fred because he so that those guys aren't chasing around Karis LeVert or whoever. Exactly. So if you have Matt Thomas in there and he's doing that, does he still have the legs to hit the threes? Also, Matt Thomas, it's not like he's getting his own shot. But but, but I think you also got to remember that Karis LeVert had 37 in that game. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not putting that all on Matt Thomas. No, 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 but no. no. So, I know what you're saying. So though. Matt Thomas hits two or three threes and gets nine points. What did he give up on the other end? Yeah. Right? Yep. Right? So, like, like the, the defense in the second half was, was decent. They got a few stops. They just couldn't hit on the other side. Yeah. So, yes, maybe if you put Matt Thomas, maybe they hit on the other side. But did they get that stop on the play before? And also, too, much like Chris Boucher, let's temper our expectations of what Matt Thomas is. And remember, there's a guy named Norman Powell <laughs> yeah. who's playing really, really well, who hasn't played in a while. And, you know, he's going to be a pretty big part of the rotation. And there won't be many Matt Thomas even thoughts of minutes, right, once Norm comes back. So it's all right. The Raps are in a very good spot, right, that you can get spot minutes and maybe the odd, you know, show up from Matt Thomas. But it's not something that you're going to bank on consistently. And it's not something you're going to bank on. You're not going to say, oh, no, we're down. Let's get Matt Thomas. Maybe he can save us this game. That's not <laughs> like I said. If you, that's not a if thing. If you're banking on anybody coming off anybody outside of Surge and Norm coming off our bench and saving us, saving our season, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a short season. It's it just it, 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 it's just not gonna happen that way. Totally agree. And you know, mentioned earlier, so I guess we can all sum this up, right? Like at the end of the day, tough loss for the Raps. They just didn't have it, didn't shoot the ball well. Serge Ibaka did his thing to keep it close. Um, The bench really got outscored in this game. Kyle Lowry was in foul trouble, but with Kyle Lowry on the floor, your man's Kyle Lowry did finish with a triple-double. Yep. 12 points, 12 assists, 11 rebounds for Kyle. You take that, right? You take that. Pascal didn't really shoot the ball that well in this game at all, but... He's still kind of figuring it out, being the man, right? And that's okay. You know, the shot selection at times I kind of worry about. But at the end of the day, it's all right. And it's interesting because you got to remember, this could be a first-round matchup, Raptors versus Nets. 
and I'd still feel, but I'd still feel very comfortable or yeah. confident in the Raptors to win this series, right? Like that doesn't change after this game. So end of the day, no big deal. Raptors lose 101-91. The winning streak is over at 15, but it's a good run. Best run in franchise history. Same thing with their road record, 10 straight wins on the road. But again, Raptors, bigger topic. Let's end the podcast st- talking about your overall thoughts on the first half of the season. Because Raptors finish 40-15, and 15, second place in the East, third in the M- entire NBA. Overall, how do you rate this first half of the season for the Toronto Raptors? I'm asking you, and I'm also asking the people in both chats as well. I'm super impressed. Uh, with all the injuries, with all the man games lost, like if you would have told me this back in September, I never thought we would have been anywhere near second place. Yeah. Right? I thought I think we are the second best team in the East. I'll, I'll say that. Full At full strength. Okay. But when you have Kyle missing double-digit games, mm-hmm. Pascal. Um, Pascal missed them. I mean, your best player missed a month. Right, Mark Smith two is now on his second stint. Norm's on his second stint. Right, like yeah, every there, there has Surge been, missed ten games there, or eleven or something. Right, like what we say, like Terrence Davis is the only Raptor to play every, every game. game. Yep. Right, the Raptors should not be where they are right now. So, you know, if if you're giving them a grade, it has to be an A plus. Uh, Len writes in and says, I watched Paul Pierce earlier say that he would bet his house that the Raptors would win this game. I knew we were in for a tough night. Fuck Paul Pierce. (laughs) 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 That's pretty good. Um, Here's my thing. We all know, start of the year, I said I thought the Raptors would finish anywhere between 5th and 8th in the Eastern Conference. And the main reason why I said that was because I thought... With this team and no Kawhi or no superstar to go out and win you games on nights when your team really doesn't have it, I thought when the injuries started to come, because we knew the injuries would come, I thought this team would really falter and struggle, and that's why they would be, again, from 5th to 8th. I was completely wrong, because the way that they were able to handle the injuries, they showed way more depth than I thought they had. And let's be honest, if everyone listening is being honest... Anyone would have believed that this I team mean, had, I mean, right? If we're going to be, if we're going to be, if we're going to keep it a buck, mm-hmm. Nick Nurse didn't think they had this much depth, right? For sure, because he was he was running six man rotations at the beginning of the year. Totally true. So, totally you know, true. I think I think even down to Masai have to be surprised, pleasantly surprised with the way the Raptors are going into this All Star break. Yeah, and I, I mean, just the way that you look at it now, I'm completely surprised i think the raps have done an exceptional job i think nick nurse has done an exceptional job the organization top down in terms of getting these guys to fit in to the system or guys that fit into the system or fit the playbook meaning you have to hustle you have to play hard i really still think the turning point of the season was nick nurse just making that proclamation to ronde and um stanley johnson Mm -hmm. hey there's a championship level of defense that we play that we demand and if you're not at that level you're not playing and i think that really set the tone for this team that everyone had to then follow suit and do the same whether you're matt thomas whether you're norman powell whether you're terrence davis whether you're ronde that's just how it had to be and i think that was really the key to of success to this raptors team because when all when you're talking about the stints of injuries and Surge is out. Okay, well, we know when Surge is in the game, that's 
19 points a night. Serge was dropping when he was when he's starting, right? Kyle's putting up 20 a night. Freddie's putting up like 18. Pascal's putting up 25. But when you remove all those guys from the lineup, the thing that sustained was the defense and the ability to turn that defense to offense. So now when Matt Thomas is coming in or Terrence Davis is coming in, they're not in the same positions that Pascal or Kyle are in. They're shooting easier shots because you're getting out in transition. You're running. You're pushing the pace, pushing the tempo, and relying on your defense. And I think that is a beauty of what Nick Nurse has done to start this season, demand a certain level of expectation at the defensive end, and everyone has followed suit. And I think, you know, that's been the main key for this team. And, you know, in terms of what happens in the second half of the season, I don't know. Uh, Someone just asked me here, Sheldon, do do you think now that we can win a championship? Right? And that's obviously based off what I thought at the start of the season. Right. And I'll say this. To me, the regular season and playoffs are still different, right? It's a different animal. It's a different ball game. So what happens in the playoffs, I don't know, right? I'm not going to claim to know. I th- I still think, I thought this at the start of the year, and I still think this now, you win around this year in your title defense, that's a win. I'll take that. Now, do you need to make the conference finals or, you know, win two rounds, get back to the NBA finals? Me, personally, I don't think so. I think... The playoffs are a different ball game. You can win a lot of games in the regular season, as mentioned, playing hard, playing defense, night in, night out, giving that consistent effort. But the playoffs is still a different beast. And as we saw last year, as it was emphasized with Kawhi, it comes down to your the best players being the best players. Right. And how that shapes out in the playoffs, I don't know. I'm not ready to, to sit yeah. here and be like, going back to the NBA Finals, I'm not there yet. Yeah. Are you? He's thinking, like, he's like, thinking, pro- folks. Proclaiming it, like, I'm not, I'm not putting money on it. I yeah. think it's possible. Well, right? I, I mean, KG I'm, once told us, man, anything is possible. Well, I've, I've been saying, like, I, I've been saying, I've been saying from, from the jump that there's not really an Eastern Conference team that I can say, like, you, you just, no, you can't win that series, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think Milwaukee's proven it yet in the playoffs. Philly, we all seen how their season's going. Boston is. You know what I mean? I, I just don't think that there's anybody you can go like go in and go in scared against. Yeah. So I think yes, there is the Raptors playing Raptors basketball, playing how they have for the last month. If any semblance of that comes to the play, comes in playoff time, they can go back to the to the championship. Now, when you get to the Western Conference now. Oh, hold on. We're okay. No, I'm sorry, but you yeah, well, the, the question was a championship, right? The question was a championship, right? Um, now you have to face LeBron or you're facing Kawhi or facing James Harden. I think those are, I mean, those, like, they're superstars for a reason, mm-hmm. right? Those are guys that, I mean, maybe not Harden, but LeBron, AD, KD, PG, mm-hmm. all those guys are guys that can win a series for you, and right? And they got two of them. Right, exactly. <laughs> both teams, <laughs> yes. both LA teams have two of them. Yeah. Right? So I think that... Heck, even the Rockets have two of them. Yeah. So and right, like so sixth. So that, I mean, that would be. Here's my thing, though. Like overall, like I'm not, and part of this is a championship, mm-hmm. right? Part of this is a championship hangover where, like, I'm not going to be mad regardless of what happens in the playoffs. Right. That's part of that is a championship hangover, but part of it is also 
going back to, I've said this throughout this whole year, I don't compare this team to last year's team because last year's team was championship or bust. Like that was, that was the expectation. You right. got Kawhi, you're putting all your chips in the table saying, yes, I think we can win a championship this year. That's why you make those moves. That's why you fire the coach of the year. That's why you trade the face of your franchise. This year, it's not the same. So in my mind, like I'm not comparing it to this year. I'm comparing it to the other years. Whereas, you know, the other Kyle and Damar years where it's like, okay, well, let's see how the matchups play out. You know, okay, who are we playing in this series? Who has the best player in this series? How's that going to shape out? And it's just a different vibe in any playoff series when you're walking in and you don't have the best player, right? Like I think back to that Kyle and Damar year where they made the run to the conference finals. They lost to the Cavs, but they had some tough series against you know, Paul George's Indiana Pacers and Dwayne Wade, an aged Dwayne Wade, but still gave the Raps a good run. And that's what happens in the playoffs when you don't have the best player, like head and shoulders, like with Kawhi, you knew you had the best player. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's where I still need to see the playoffs, watch the playoffs, enjoy the playoffs. And to be really honest, talking about the playoffs, I almost feel bad because it's making me, I feel like I'm not giving enough attention to how good this season has been and the accomplishments made in this season already just because you've gone out and showed, okay, Kawhi left. No, we good. We didn't fall apart. We didn't break down. We're not tanking, right? We're not in the lottery. Not even close to that. That's what I was saying. Like, I think think most, if you would ask most experts, Mm -hmm. they would have thought at this point we'd be, Pascal, Fred, and probably have three or four first round picks going into the draft. Totally. Right? Totally. And and Mustai stood pat because this te- because of the run that this team is on. Right. So I think at this point, we've already won. Yeah. Right. I know what you're saying. No, compared I, I, to compared I agree to with that. like you, you already see what all that. of all of the, the so called experts and, and ex NBA players and ex NBA coaches, what they thought we were coming in. Right, and even even what we think as ourselves coming in, right? Mm-hmm. Like I said, second place with all these injuries, I didn't think it would be possible. We've already, we've we've already eclipsed those expectations, right? Yeah, totally agree with that. And I just think too, the other part of what's gone gone on so far this season for the Raptors is just when you look at how this team is playing, and you think about it, you go around the league and you remove two starters, you remove that team's best player and another starter off their team. So let's say you go to the Lakers and you said, all right, take LeBron off the Lakers and we'll also take off Danny Green just because that's the same guy in Toronto. What's that Lakers team doing the next season, right? You take off Kawhi and then you take off, let's say, Lou Will. I know he's not a starter, but same thing, right? What are the Clippers then, right? And pick any team in the league, legit. Say, okay, Bucks, you lose Giannis and you lose, not even going to say they're two next guys. I'll say George Hill. Yeah. <laughs> what is that team? Right. And I think that's what I mean when I'm talking about whatever happens in the playoffs, cool. That's great. All right. I just think the accomplishment of what's being done in this regular season is super important. And the playoffs, when it comes to the playoff time, deal that when you get there. Right. Playoffs are about winning the championship, which we learned last year. And it's, and it's, and it's matchup. So, like, we're in second place. I think we have the ability to stay in second place. Mm-hmm. But what happens to between three, four, five, and six? We'll, we'll. I think we'll go a long way to dictating 
how far we can r- really go. Yeah. Right? I'll read some comments here as I did ask the people what they thought about the second half of the season. And uh, Jay Shutterbug says, if the Raptors make it to the conference finals and lose the eventual champs, so be it. Uh, Lisa says, I have a feeling we can beat the Lakers. Not sure about Kawhi. I'm fine as long as we make it to the finals. Okay. (laughs) JC says, I'm super happy watching the Raps this season. It's been fun and I look forward to... Every next game, I kind of feel the same way too. When every big boy game's coming up, yeah. I'm like, I'm excited. Uh, do you have something there? But I, but I was just gonna say is like, let's 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 remain the underdogs. I'm gonna <laughs> say the Raptors are not making the playoffs because every because they because they because they want to prove everybody wrong. And I yeah. think this is what got them to this point is they right. So if we just think, oh, look at the Raptors, they're gonna make the conference finals. I don't even want to put that into their heads. Do you know what's funny? I already like laugh at the fact every time people bring up like what's Stephen A. Smith saying, yeah. what's Jalen Rose saying, what's Skip Bayless saying, and I always laugh at that because I'm like, guys, they don't watch the Raptors, yeah. right? They're not checking for Raptor games in the states. They're just not. So why do we care that much about it? But the new trend of like bringing up any American dude and what he says about the Raptors, <laughs> like people are like, oh, did you see what Jason McIntyre said? I'm like, who the hell is Jason McIntyre, and why the hell do you care about what Jason? McIntyre said about the Raptors in the summer like he's the backup 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 skip Bayless (laughs) right so like who cares what that guy says you you don't even know who that guy is other than oh here's a clip that keeps popping on my timeline of him saying the Raptors are going back to the lottery there's some dude on get up that we played the clip the other day and I'm like I literally don't know who this guy is Never seen him before. And I'm like, and we care what this guy thinks about the Raptors? Why? <laughs> right? Like, it's it's so weird to me. Yeah. And I'll never understand it. But, hey, whatever we need for to have that chip on our shoulder that makes us a screw face cap, right? <laughs> Gives that energy of the yeah. screw face cap. Okay. So be it. More comments. Diversified Youth says... I'll be honest, not exceeding my expectations. Some been drinking the ESPN Kool-Aid. Our team gave you a look at how committed they were they were last season. Wake up and pay attention to your squad. That's obviously in reference to the Raps being what? 17 and 5. I'm pulling that number out off the top of my head, yep. but I think that's what it was. 17 and 5 last year without Kawhi Leonard. Uh Len says, "This season has been the most fun for me. The fact that this team does not easily roll over and play and they play with such heart in every game is impressive. Totally agree. Uh, people talking about what's happening this weekend at the all-star game. Cause Nick nurse is coaching team Giannis. Giannis picked his African brethren, <laughs> Pascal Siakam and Kyle Lowry. Yep. Also there's quotes in an ESPN story about how Giannis, if we know just had a kid and he said, uh, can he, will it improve his game? If you look at Fred Van Fleet, Will it improve his shooting? And he said, if you look at Fred Van Fleet and how much better of a shooter Fred Van Fleet came, became after Freddie Jr. was born. And I, I'm reading those quotes and I'm laughing, but there's part of me that's like, yo, this man really is checking the Raptors a lot right now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to buy I, into think, the whole. And I think, and I think, and I think that's like, like you got to remember that that's what Giannis is thinking right now. Right, <laughs> he's not thinking. Oh, we're in first place. We're the team to beat. It's uh, it's it's. You're not you're not the team to beat until you beat the, the champions, right? Mm-hmm. So they gotta beat us first, and that's all he's thinking about, right? Yeah. So forget what everybody else is saying. Listen to what Giannis is saying. How he's watching the Raptors. This we are the team to beat. Yeah, 
Uh, Gozi says, real talk, there's nobody Toronto is afraid of, period. Shouldn't be. True. I, I, I agree with that. And also, I think Nick Nurse... In his second go around in the playoffs, we already know Nick Nurse is a good coach, and we saw him. He obviously had to make a lot of adjustments last year yeah. in a long ass playoff run, all the way to winning the NBA championship. But now in your second go around, with you know, there's no Kawhi, but you still have the same other players, right? So you know a bit more what moments guys can can cook in, maybe how to pull the right strings with Freddie and Norm, who struggled at the beginning of the playoffs, you know, maybe how to manage Kyle's minutes a little more, things like that, you know, how to get Marc Gasol going, yeah. right? Like little things Siakam that... come to that next level. For sure, for sure. Uh, K2's Garnett says, here's the deal. Always thought that, no, that there's no one that I'm afraid of. I don't think the East has that superstar that can just get you buckets like Kawhi did last year. Where, if that... <laughs> go on. Go on, go on. I think, again, you got to temper your expectations. So, yes, you're not to be scared of anybody. Mm -hmm. But Kawhi also, like, it's not it wasn't just his buckets. Kawhi also, his defense, right? So you take Kawhi out of those games, and what does Giannis end up with it's <laughs> in, true. in game three, four, five? What does Ben Simmons do, right? Like, Kawhi eliminated Ben Simmons from that Sixer series. Yeah. Right? And the games that he wasn't guarding Jimmy Butler was when Jimmy Butler went off. Right. So I know there's no Jimmy Butler, but the point being made that is not just about the walking 30 piece that Kawhi was. It was the walking 30 piece and the defense that he was playing, which we always point back to that crazy, uh, what was it, overtime game in game three against the Bucks, yep. where to me, the play that just showed the heart and soul of Kawhi, as cliche as it sounds, when he gets to steal and he's going back the other way for the dunk and you can see that my guy is dead tired, right? And everyone else is dead tired because they're like half chasing yeah. him down because everyone just played an hour of basketball, right? But you can see it's just like every last bit of, you know, energy that he has left was put into the defensive end, getting the steal, yep. and then getting the dunk. Like, that was the epitome of what Kawhi Leonard was. So it's just showing that, yeah, it's a reminder that it's both ends of the floor, right? Definitely. Um, more comments of Measurable says, uh, Raptors can definitely make it back to the finals. Uh, Bob, <laughs> this I like this. Diversified youth, ballers don't care what U.S. media says. I respect it. Um, Glow Girl Smile says, media don't watch Raptors games except for Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> <laughs> Perk is like, Perk's been everywhere in Toronto media the past couple days, like just gobbling it up because yep. he's just tweeting about the raps nonstop. Uh, Graham checks in and says, doesn't matter what we say or what we're going to do. It only matters what we do. I don't agree. Let's stay the underdogs. Agreeing with what Q said. And I think I think Perk just wants to get back to Toronto so he can go back and drink. <laughs> just trying to get <laughs> just trying to get close enough to snuff drink. Uh, that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Uh, Alex says Giannis is already dreaming of the Danforth. For those who are not familiar with the city of Toronto, the Danforth is Greek town. Yep. Right? That's a Greek area of the city. Taste of the Danforth is always a great time as we grew up in the east end of Toronto. Definitely. Shouts to the Danforth. I'm sure Giannis. Giannis has already gotten a preview of the Danforth, you'd assume, no? Somehow, one of his stops here, you would assume they're here how many times a year, right? Yeah, of course, must. 
but again, this has been a great first half of the season, and I know the Toronto Raptors, the the it might not have ended on the high note that some have hoped, as if they did win their 16th game, it would have been the first time that a team had won 16 games heading into the All-Star break since the 1990-91 LA Lakers. And to be on that board, because I think there are a couple other teams on that board, a couple of the Celtics teams, yeah. but on that board, I think it was like three of the four teams to have that long of a streak of at least 13 games heading into the all-star break. Three of the four made the NBA finals. Yeah. So, Hey, lots of stats floating around on both sides. You know, I just bring up my goal here. What I try to do is just bring up stats and people can do whatever they want to do with those stats. I'm not telling you right or wrong. I'm just bringing up the stats and I'm not a hater. I'm not a booster. I'm just telling you the stats and you can decide because there people are going at homie on ESPN who was saying the Raptors win streak, look at the teams they beat, blah, 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 blah. And people are like, oh, he's hating, he's hating. And it's like, well, the statistic was that the Raptors opponents winning percentage during their streak was 409, which was the fifth lowest all time among the 41 15 game winning streaks in NBA history. So that means... Out of the 41 15-game winning streaks, right. it was the fifth lowest winning opposing team's winning percentage. That's who the Raptors have played. So basically the fifth worst sked. Yeah. Or easiest sked, let's say. Again, to me, as I stated on another pod, that's just a stat. So you can look at that board and say, hey, they had easy games or whatever. You still got to win the games. Yep. And to get to 15, the biggest thing is that you're showing the effort. And that's exactly. the takeaway that I have. So whether you win 15 straight or 15 out of 16, the lesson that I'm coming out of this is that it's effort. And you have the championship effort and mentality when I tell you that the eight other teams that won 15 straight games, of the seven previous teams, four of them went on to repeat as champions. Right? So eighth defending champion yep. to win 15 straight games in a season. Of the seven previous teams, four of them went on to repeat as champs. So all I'm taking away from that, I'm not saying that they're going to win the championship again or they're getting back to the final. I'm just saying they have that mentality, that championship pedigree remains. And that, to me, is incredible. That's my takeaway. Yeah, and I mean, even even with that low streak stat, that doesn't take into a fact that you're missing two rotation players. In each of those games, in yeah. each, In each, at least two in each of those games. Totally agree. Right, because this streak goes back a long time. Facts. Right, and if you look at even the game before the streak started, was the San Antonio game, which they should have won. Which they should have won. They were up, and they mm -hmm. lost that game by one. Blew right, it, blew it late. Then you go back to the loss before that was the Portland game, with also should have won with the Mellow Dagger. Yeah, which there was a, right there was a, that last minute call that wasn't that wasn't mm -hmm. made, and then the the Mellow Dagger. Right, and then was there an OKC game? They won that. The one with that had the only the, the only other loss the only other when we, was the OKC game where everyone was mad about the no call in, on Chris Paul that was back in December that was way further back yeah. wow the See, Raptors a blur, the Raptors have back. lost four <laughs> games in yeah. 2020 okay right the, today mm -hmm. the two we just mentioned yeah and the other only other game was January 2nd mm -hmm. against Miami 
Yes, when again they're missing everybody, and that was an ugly yeah. game. Wasn't that score like in the eighties? Yeah, it was eighty four seventy six, <laughs> right? So, so like if you a think, game think like about tonight, that, just right? bad shooting, exactly, right? But the defense was there, obviously. Mm-hmm. So just think, just think about that. The Raptors easily, not sorry, not easily, but the not Raptors, easily. the Raptors could be. It could have been a twenty game winning streak, right? I, I mean, a few bounces the other way. Mm-hmm. It's a twenty game win streak, so. You know, the team is fine. The team is fine. Let's just finish the season out on a high note and get see what they can do in the playoffs. Yeah, as mentioned, bottom line, this Raptors team has made the fan base proud so far this season. Hopefully that continues on in the second half of the season. And hopefully for the second half of the season, you'll be on this ride with us here on the Wrap It Up podcast. Q, I know you will be here as well. So uh-huh. let the people know where they can catch up to you, you know, maybe get your thoughts on what's going on All-Star Weekend and all that until the Raps are back. And I think their first game back is against the Suns. So until then, where can the people get caught up with you, man? Uh, you hit me up anytime. All social media, Twitter, Instagram, at simply underscore just underscore Q or at DDS Caps, either myself or the homie Foots, who you also see here on the podcast from time to time. We'll get back to you on there. Also, check out our, 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 our website, ddscaps.com. And again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it as you guys rock out with us on this, the second season of the Wrap It Up podcast. Again, the only live and interactive Toronto Raptors post-game show there is. Thank you guys for rocking out with us live on Twitter at Shell Alexander. We love to take your comments and questions there. Same thing goes for Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Hit me up at any point, guys, during this week off of Raptors games. Obviously, we'll be trying to tweet a, tweet up a storm all All-Star weekend and enjoy those festivities as well as there's a heavy Raptor contingent. Raptors in the building taking over Chicago so it'll be a lot of fun and hopefully you guys will tune in back with us again stay caught up with us on Instagram and Twitter as mentioned but like and subscribe on iTunes on Spotify Google Play SoundCloud YouTube bless us with some likes retweets rate us Uh, what's Bomani say Uh, rate us if you only give us five stars oh no sorry Rate us five stars. If you only give us four stars, and I'm f- forced to think you're a hater. Is that the line? <laughs> My bad, Bomani, for, for messing that up. But either way, the point remains. Thank you guys so much. Really appreciate you guys rocking with us here on the Wrap It Up podcast because I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps postgame show, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Oh, blast.